it was great just to be able to show up, you know, whenever we want. We didn't get there right when it opened. We would just do what we felt like, you know, take it easy. So that was, I think, the theme throughout the trip. Welcome back, everybody, to another bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And as we've been doing with these bonus editions, we're talking to folks who have been down to Disney World during kind of the reopening period amidst COVID. And so today I wanted to have Jennifer on. Jennifer reached out. She had traveled recently with her family down to Universal Studios and Walt Disney World. And so I thought it would be great to hear Jennifer's experience and that of her family. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this is great. I really appreciate you reaching out. Now, you were down in the parks, I think you said, starting July 3rd, you headed to Universal Studios, which I've been seeing a lot of posts from the folks over at Touring Plans about Universal Studios. So I do want to spend a minute there because as much as we love Disney, it's always nice to hear about the other parks too. So why don't we just start with your experience at Universal Studios? Did you stay on site at Universal or did you stay at an offsite hotel? We did, I think just for ease. We did rent a car when we got there. We just figured it was safer than doing that taxis and Ubers and that sort of thing. So we got our rental car and then we spent the first kind of half of our time at Universal at the Hard Rock. We were supposed to be at Portofino, which we were super excited about, but then they decided they you know weren't ready to reopen yet. So they moved us to the Hard Rock, which was, which was good because we wanted to be able to walk, number one, just to kind of minimize the transportation, at least initially, because we weren't sure what to expect as far as what would be open and you know what the safety practices would be. And then number two, my daughter gets super motion sick pretty much doing everything. So walking is always best for her. You know, the downside of that was certainly the heat. We, I mean, we're from Texas. It's really hot here, just like there, but you know, we don't have to spend our, our, all our day in the, the mask outside here. You know, we're inside in the air conditioning. So, and then the last few days we moved over to Cabana Bay. That's one of the kids' favorite hotels. So we did a lot of hotel jumping. We had the rental car, so that made that easier. The downsides, of course, you got to repack. But I figured the upside is since you don't get housekeeping these days, at least we did <laughs> change rooms every three or four days to get uh, <laughs> you know, kind of freshen things up. How were things at Universal in terms of did you feel safe? I mean, I've seen some posts that they're, you know, they're doing mandatory masks and temperature checks and kind of the same stuff that we're hearing about at Disney? We were pretty impressed. I mean, I go out to work every day because I'm in the medical profession. So I kind of needed the the mental break of getting away. You know, Chris and, and then the kids, they really hadn't left the house, you know, for months and months. So I think for all of us, we were really, you know, you kind of feel a little anxious and everything feels a little surreal when you go out to the airport and you fly somewhere. And then so we, when we got there, we got there at night, but we were, we were really impressed. I mean, they had security at the front of all their hotels in Universal. They did temperature checks. You had to have a different color band on your wrist to show you'd been checked each day. And then, you know, there was that, you know, the hotels were pretty quiet, understandably. Disney, you could check into the app, but with Universal, you did go to the front desk, but you know, there were plastic dividers up and everybody had masks. And then, uh, you know, we got our room right away at both places because the hotels were fairly quiet. So yeah, we felt pretty, pretty comfortable. That's interesting about the no housekeeping. Is that, is that something new at Universal from COVID? Yeah, it's COVID related. They're saying housekeeping is not going to come into the rooms. So of course, Universal was pretty easy. You could just text them. And so it was really simple. We would say, you know, could we get some more towels and pillows or more shampoo? And, you know, they would just bring it by and knock on the door and, and leave it by the door. So that was actually pretty simple. I would say the only time we felt, I don't know if unsafe is the word, but a little, you know, oh, this is a little too many people was the night of July 4th. Like everybody went to the pool. Mm. <laughs> so, 
(laughs) you know, the, the kids wanted to go to the pool and I kind of, I took them for a little bit and I was like, it's just a little, it's a little busy. So we're going to go back to the room. Yeah. I mean, what were the crowds like at, at, uh, at the park? She said the hotels were fairly empty, but what were the crowds like at universal? Yeah, it was, it was pretty quiet. I mean, we're not, we all get motion sick to some degree, especially my daughter. So we're not, you know, ones to ride like the the Hulk and the big coasters and Universal also has a lot of motion simulators, which she can't do. So we're more the type, you know, we like to walk around the kids love the Harry Potter area and they do the spells and we get the butterbeer and watch the shows. And then we do a, a few rides. So, I mean, it was nice and in, in the sense that it was great just to be able to show up, you know, whenever we want, we didn't get there right when it opened, we just do what we felt like, you know, take it easy. So that was, I think, the theme throughout the trip. And and that was honestly a really nice change. I mean, normally I am a planner. I think a lot of Disney fans are. But I really enjoyed that, just kind of taking it easy. I mean, the downside, of course, was, you know, besides just kind of being on alert for the, the health safety precautions was, it you know, it's incredibly hot. So you had to wear the mask, of course, the whole time, which is important. And the cast was really good about enforcing it. And I was nervous going into it because I didn't know how my kids would do with that because they're not used to doing it here because they don't leave the house. But they were great with it, actually. My son had trouble because he's my younger one because every time he talked, it would just naturally kind of slip off his nose. So I think I said the phrase, you know, cover your nose 40,000 times. (laughs) 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 Just constantly had to remind him just and he wasn't it wasn't purposeful. He just it just was his constant state and but the and the cast was you know and the team members at universal were really good about reminding him but my daughter you know she kept it on the whole time uh universal sells their own masks which we actually found to be the most comfortable of anything we've tried they were you know nice and um, like a really light material almost like a athletic material they were kind of fit well but loose enough and were light enough that you felt like you could breathe really easily so we, we wore them at disney some which <laughs> got i think a reaction but <laughs> I mean, you had to go for comfort because you had to have them on. So, well, okay. So, the big question for Universal fans is going to be: Did you get a chance to ride Hagrid's, and what was the wait time like? Well, that's funny because I had ridden it on my own. I'm the only one that previously would have rode it, and I wrote, I've ridden it twice. And of course, it was kind of an ordeal both times. Time was a, a super long wait because it was pretty early on when it opened. And the second time, I went right at park opening and did single rider, and it wasn't too bad. So this time was was great. Actually, you could get a reservation through the app. And you could even do that from your hotel room, which was amazing and super easy to do, much easier than Rise of the Resistance. (laughs) And so this time, like I said, my daughter gets motion sick, so the backwards motion would really bother her. It actually bothers me, but it's such a great ride. I put up with it. So I took my son, who is eight, but he he went. I think he was somewhat terrified the whole time, but you know, he says he loved it, and I think he's very proud of himself for riding, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't think he's rushing me to get back on it, but we had a, it was a fun bonding experience. <laughs> well, let's head over to, to Disney World. So, and, and I should, I should stop because I'm, I'm operating on some information from before we started recording. So just to clarify for everyone. So it was uh, you, your husband and your, you said you have two kids along with you, one twelve, one eight. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And so you guys get us head over to Disney World. And you, I think you said you were there from the for about five days from the 10th to the 15th and started your stay at the Riviera, my, uh, our family, one of our family's home resorts. So how was it? How was it checking into the Riviera? What was, you know, what were the crowds like there? Did you go to the pool or anything like that? What was that like? Yeah, we spent, so the, we had a weird patchwork trip and that we spent one night at the Riviera and four in Boardwalk. We were moved from 
Yacht Club to Boardwalk, you know, to accommodate the NBA. And so I tried uh, multiple times to extend the trip up one day because we wanted to arrive on the 10th. And because the parks opened on the 11th, I mean, they had a lot of weird rules when they were allowing reservations. And one of them was you could not go any earlier on the 11th if you had a pre-existing reservation. Anyway, long story short, I just, I tacked a random night on at the Riviera because we wanted to check it out. We spent one night at the Riviera on the 10th and we loved it. But what was interesting is that resort felt much more alive, so to speak, than the boardwalk. When we got to the boardwalk, the hotel and then the whole boardwalk seemed really pretty desolate. Although it was picking up once we left, but it's great to be next to the Skyliner. I've been on it the rest of my family hasn't yet and I love it so I can't wait when they can go some at some point the room was beautiful we had one that had it had a king bed and then it had a like a I guess a queen maybe that folded out from the wall and then a little kind of trundle that folded up from the wall and the kids love that they, they weren't doing temperature screens at the hotel which seemed a little strange but at any of the hotels at Disney but the, they did do them at the park and then of course you can go right to your room through the app which was really nice the only place the pool was okay there as far as crowds. The only time I thought it was a little bit of a crowd was at the the restaurant, Topolino, on the yeah. roof. You you checked in through the app, which was nice, but they still had people kind of congregating a little bit because when you walk off the elevators, the hostess stand is right there. And so, you know, sometimes it took a minute to kind of figure out to see people. I mean, I think people try to naturally space out, but there's not a whole lot of room up there. So Did, did they have some of the tables empty up there or...? or? It seemed, yeah, they had tables blocked off. I feel like everywhere we ate at Disney, it was pretty well spaced. The only exception I thought was Beaches and Cream. The kids really wanted to go, so I, I made a reservation. And that was the only place I thought they could have spaced people out just a little more. But I think overall, they, you know, all the restaurants, they were doing a pretty good job with that. Well, after Riviera, you, you headed over to the Boardwalk, I think you said, right? Mm-hmm. And so how, how was it over there? Yeah, the boardwalk seemed seemed pretty good. I mean, it was seamless to check in. Everybody was super friendly. Of course, the first thing we did is I went to the front desk just to ask a question and my daughter sat down on one of the benches and they have a wooden back and she conked her head on the bench. (laughs) And so it was kind of a rough start, but they got her an ice back and, you know, the room was fine. I mean, I think after being at the Riviera, you know, it's just the Riviera is so nice and new and we definitely would go back to there to stay, I think. But the boardwalk, the location's great. We, we love being on the boardwalk, although it was kind of eerie because it was so quiet. I think when my kids realized Ample Hills was closed, and of course now we know it's never going to reopen, they were, they were pretty bummed. But, it, you know, it was still good to be there. I think the pool was fine. You know, they were doing trivia still, which my kids love doing. But um, it did cause, I think, the pool games they were doing would cause some of the, the kids, other kids, to kind of congregate. I think it's good that they were still offering some entertainment. And then, uh, you know, I definitely, I would see people in the gym and stuff, which I was a little surprised that they had that open, obviously. You know, but otherwise, I think um, everybody seemed to kind of be doing what they were supposed to do and wear the mask and kind of keep their, their distance. And it was great to have laundry because uh, we're not DVC. So the DVC resorts were the only ones that were open right now. I don't know if it's always true, but the laundry machines were free. So that was great because I spent a fortune doing laundry at Universal. <laughs> I do not believe that they are normally free. So that's a great perk right now, I suppose. It's interesting. The pools seem to be kind of a consistent theme across everyone we've kind of had on, including sort of your comments that 
they see, they seem to be a kind of source of some potential stress in terms of volume of crowd kind of activity. You know, people aren't really, at least a few guys have commented about mask wearing at the pools, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Pools are complicated because obviously you can't wear masks to swim. And then the chlorine, of course, you know, isn't, that's going to kill a lot of stuff, but you're still having to kind of work to maintain your distance from other people in the pool. And, you know, I, for instance, at the Riviera, the cast member at one point got in the pool and was playing the games with the kids. I wouldn't let my kids join, which I kind of felt bad for doing. But, you know, there was like 10 kids and the cast member kind of in doing races and stuff. And they were all kind of close together. So that, you know, I was like, well, I had told my kids, you know, I said, we're going to go. As part of going, you have to be willing to, you know, listen to me at all times. And if I decide, you know, I'm not comfortable with something, you know, then that's what you have to abide by. And it may mean that there's something fun you want to do, but we just, we're going to do a lot of fun things, but there's other things you're going to want to do that, you know, you just can't. Well, and so you mentioned the boardwalk looked pretty empty. I think we've heard from others. A lot of things were sort of closed. You know, the NBA over there has kind of hampered the ability to kind of go around the entire boardwalk. But anything else catch your attention at the at the hotel or around the around the boardwalk before we head over to the park? I don't I don't think so. I mean, one thing I thought was kind of endearing is that I would go get coffee every morning from what is it? The boardwalk baker, I guess. And you know, there must have been maybe four or five cast members in there. And it's like they were so excited when somebody showed up, <laughs> you know, somebody would open for you and another person would greet you and a third person would get the coffee and, and that was really i don't know kind of special <laughs> it's like they were thrilled just somebody to come well let's head over to the parks then i know you hit up all the parks except for epcot at some point broadly speaking how did you feel in the parks what were the crowds like did you feel relatively safe there you know those sorts of questions yeah, I think overall, we, we very much did. I think Animal Kingdom on Sunday, which was the second day of operation, definitely felt the best. I mean, it's it's the hottest park, but I think they have so much space, maybe. I don't know. We never, the only time we ever ran into any weight was, and it was probably just timing because we were, it was in the middle of the day. We went on um, Navi River Journey and that's, you know, a slow loader because you can only put kind of one family per little boat and it was a weight out in the sun. So that, that was kind of rough. That was like maybe 25, 30 minutes, but everything else was, for us, was near walk-on. Of course, we don't do Expedition Everest or Dinosaur because of motion sickness issues, but, you know, everything else was really smooth. Magic Kingdom, I think for the most part, you know, the weights were pretty low. There were definitely, I think, Splash Mountain and Jungle Cruise. Those had, you know, maybe 30-minute waits at different points in the day. But, you know, some of the days we just, for instance, one day we decided, it was just the kids and I, because Chris was working in the hotel, and we decided, you know, we're just going to play the Sorcerer's game, the card game. We were just going to do that all day. And we'd, wherever it took us in Magic Kingdom, we'd go and we'd do a ride or two. We made a rule that day. It had to be an air-conditioned ride. <laughs> <laughs> so if we were near an air-conditioned ride that, you know, had like a 5, 10, 15 minute wait, we'd go do it or take a, you know, a snack break and sit down and rest. And we did that basically all day and played maybe four rounds of the game and, and had a great time. So, so that was nice just to kind of like just go where things took you, so to speak. The one exception was probably Hollywood Studios, which I think not surprisingly, it's a smaller park. You know, everybody's kind of going for the few rides that are operating and they're popular rides because they're brand new. So that was one time where it, it wasn't bad, but it definitely, you that was the one park I kind of noticed, you know, significant amounts of people in, in certain spots. 
just a couple of the big attractions I'm curious about. And if, if you didn't ride them because of the motion sickness issue, that's totally fine. I just want to ask about them. So how was the wait time on Flight of Passage if you did it? It was low. Um, I love that ride, but it does make my daughter and uh, my husband sick. We kind of decided this time because one thing we noticed, I think, at least for us, is because it was so hot and you were wearing a mask, I think their motion sickness was worse than usual. You know, like on roller coasters and things, even on something like Big Thunder. And I think it's just because of the heat. You know, you don't feel always your best. I mean, we tried to be really cognizant of drinking water and taking breaks. But so I just didn't even want to get in, in a situation where one of them didn't feel great. So I just said, you know what, let's not do things that we know might be tough for you guys. You know, we've been before, we've rode those things before. So you know, which even with the heat, we had a great time. I mean, my daughter loves bats and she, she was in the, I don't know what you call it, the bat room on one of the, I think it was the Maharaja trail. And, and there was a, one of the cast members because they didn't have that many people to talk to. And then he just got to talking to her about bats and they, they had like a 15 minute conversation. <laughs> about bats. <laughs> and that's like one of our most memorable things of the trip. We went out and did the, the animation drawing class at, I think it's uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch at the very end of the day, you know, with just a few other people in the room. And we'd never done that before. So I think we just tried to do kind of a lot of things that we normally don't take time to do, which made it nice. And uh, to just take it easy, with the exception of Hollywood Studios, where we ran to Mickey and Minnie's Runway Railway. <laughs> Yeah, so what happened there? You did talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that day was, um, I think, the one that we knew was, that was the only day we, we got up early and the park was scheduled to open at 10 and we'd never been on that ride. And I had been on Rise once when I was there to do the Princess Run Disney event, but none of the rest of my family had been. So, you know, unfortunately, Chris was working again that day, but I, I got up with the kids and I mean, we got, we started walking, I think, from the boardwalk at like 830 because we didn't know what to expect really. And they held everybody kind of around the Skyliner till maybe about 850. And then they, they let us walk up to the temperature screening tents and said they'd start letting people through that at nine. And luckily I brought umbrellas in my backpack just because it, it rains, you know, in the summer because it was just blistering hot, you know, because you're standing out in the middle of the sun on the, you know, the concrete basically waiting for that to open. So... <laughs> I'm surprised the temperatures were okay, actually, on the screening. So I guess my advice would maybe be go after nine, because I heard, you know, once they got it going, it was pretty smooth to just enter. And we'd gone late every day otherwise. But for Hollywood Studios, you know, we'd want it to be there on time. So so that was kind of rough because we were waiting out in the heat. And then like for Animal Kingdom, they have a new security process where they have, I guess, x-ray machines. Well, kind of whole body scanners. So you just kind of walk through. It was really easy. But for Hollywood Studios, I mean, they emptied out my backpack. And then when I tried to go through the, the kids' magic band screened fine. And then mine, of course, turned red. And so it was a little bit hard to get in that day. But so by the time, even though we were one of the first few families at the temperature screen, it definitely took us a while to get into the park. So we were probably reasonably far back in the Mickey and Minnie line, but it's still when they, they opened it promptly, actually maybe at 945, they opened a little early and we still only waited. I mean, we waited at the line until they opened it and then... Once they got people moving, it only took us about 15 minutes to get through the line. The big trouble, I think, right now is still rise of the resistance because it's so limited anyway. 
in throughput and they're still doing the pre-shows, which is great, but you can only have one family per vehicle or a single person if they're traveling solo per vehicle. And so it's even decreased, more decreased in throughput. And they were having a lot of technical glitches in the signups and I think still are to some degree. You know, when I went to sign up at 10, nobody showed up from my family and friends except people who weren't there in the park with me, like my parents. At least I was smart enough to just sign up myself. I had to go to guest services and wait, but then they added my kids. We got group 40 and we didn't board till, well, we got our group called at 4 p.m. That was at the 10 a.m. sign up. So I, I can't imagine anybody else got to go after that, you know, after 1 p.m. And then we got into line and it started to rain in the line. So they were having trouble. We never really understood why. They were saying people didn't want to exit the ride in the rain, which which didn't make any sense. But but anyway, we ended up waiting in the queue about an hour, which was rough because we were, you know, people were pretty good about distancing and wearing their masks, but it, it's still a long time, you know, to wait in a queue, which a lot of it was indoors. But of course, you know, the kids absolutely so love the ride. So, so at least uh, it ended well. <laughs> and then we walked back. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely a to-do. <laughs> Rise is a mess at the best of times. So I can only imagine what it's like right now. I don't know what the answer is, honestly, to optimizing it, but they're not there yet. So it's also interesting to me. So Mickey and Minnie's is just a normal wait time ride right now. Like they don't have a, they have a virtual queue for it or no? Oh, no, Mickey and Minnie's didn't have a virtual queue. You you just had to line up. So I think everybody tends to there first thing because you can't rush to rise. You probably actually do better going like an hour into park opening because then that initial bolus kind of moves through the ride. For instance, we went back to ride it after about an hour after park opening. And I think the line said 30 or 40 minutes, but we only waited like 15. So... So it sounds like uh, from from your report here that Hollywood Studios is the most crowded park. And I, I just think it's the most, it's still kind of difficult to negotiate, unfortunately. You know, everything else I think is you can show up an hour, two hours, three hours into the day and still do most of what you want to do. Now, did you, did you uh, visit Disney Springs at all while you were there? Yeah, we did. We went to eat a couple times. Uh, Friday before the parks opened, we didn't have any plans. So I took the kids to walk around for a while, which again, you know, it's, it's hot. So I think they were less inclined to walk around with the masks when it's just shopping and like, you know, going to the parks. And I think mass compliance there is definitely much more spotty compared with the parks because a lot of people are, you know, quote unquote, eating, eating and drinking. So they have their masks down, <laughs> whether they're really actively doing that or not, I think varies. But I think they're there. It looks like they're trying in, in the parks to enforce more that if you get something to eat or drink, you have to kind of stop and consume it in, in a set place, which is probably a good idea because otherwise I think it's just too tempting to get, you know, a, a something from Starbucks or whatever and just to or from the food and wine festival, I guess, and just to kind of, you know, mosey around with it. Well, just a couple more questions here. So I guess overall, how did you feel in terms of safety? I mean, there were just a few hiccups. Like, I think the most glaring one is, well, there were two, I guess. We we went to ride Small World and I think it was just a, you know, a, a freak thing. But the in front of the people in front of us in line and then the people in behind of us just, you know, nobody had their masks on and, you know, nobody ever kind of told them to put them back on and then they rode the ride that way. <laughs> and so, I mean, we're not, you know, we weren't going to say anything to them. We just kept ours on and kept more of a distance than usual. But I think overall, the cast was pretty good about you know, reminding people and, and enforcing it. But, and then, um, you know, when we were in, we ate lunch in Hollywood studios at Brown Derby. And I guess that's where the new club 33 is. And there's some elevators that go up there and there were just like all these people, like, I didn't know there were that many club 33 members, I guess, but <laughs> there seemed to be all these people were trying to get 
like three, like blocking the bathrooms where we wanted to just go, you know, wash our hands or whatever before eating. There's definitely like a couple places where I think they're still working out the kinks, but I think overall, yeah, I mean, I felt really good. I think they were, they were doing a good job. They're keeping the crowds down. I mean, I hope they continue that and don't try to, you know, increase the crowds too much because every number of people you add, it gets harder. What about the sort of the value for the vacation? I know you said we were talking, I think before the show and you sort of said, you know, at some point it's like uh, rolling a ball downhill. It just kind of naturally led to you guys were going to take this trip at some point. And so I'm just wondering, looking back, you know, did you feel like you got the value for the vacation that you were hoping for? I think so. I mean, I, I definitely think it depends on what you want to get out of it. And I mean, for me, I had an annual pass. So, but I did have to buy tickets for Chris and the kids. I keep an annual pass just because of the runs. You know, I think for us, even though we don't do a ton of the rides, it was, it, you know, it accomplished what we needed, which was just a change of scenery, you know, something to take the mind off everything, you know, especially as we look at schools probably not reopening and, you know, the kids having to do more online school, which is, you know, a a big bummer for them. So for us, it it was what we needed. And we just went into it. I think we went into it from the perspective as, you know, there may be very little we do because if the parks didn't feel safe to us, we would just hang out at the hotel. So I certainly, if it's, you know, your first trip or a once in a lifetime trip, it's you know, it's not the time to go. And certainly I think you have to think hard about the heat and, you know, the ability to wear the mask. I would hope maybe in the fall, if they continue to keep crowds low, you know, that might be a better time depending on obviously how the country's doing. Well, let's end on a, on a more upbeat note, Jennifer, you know, favorite memory from the trip or anything that really stood out for you that you just really loved? Yeah, I think for me, I loved being at Animal Kingdom. I mean, it was just, there was something really great about, that was definitely our lowest crowd day. And even though it's hot there, I mean, we just walked around, you know, spent time like looking at the animals. I think normally when you're there, sometimes because you're worried about getting the value out of your ticket or or whatever, or you're thinking about all the fast pass times you have to make, you're constantly a little bit distracted by what you have to accomplish, so to speak, or still have to do. And when you had no, when, since we had like no agenda items, it was really nice to kind of take it easy. And if the kids wanted to spend time doing one thing or the other, you could just change plans and go do that. It was kind of the same thing our Magic Kingdom day where we played the Sorcerer's game. It was just nice to kind of take it easy and do what we wanted. And, and then, you know, seeing all the cast members, you know, they were by and large part, you know, most of them were super excited to be there and seemed really happy to have people back, <laughs> have people to talk to. Jennifer, it's been great having you on. I really appreciate you sharing your family's experience and and coming on the show. So thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Well, I really just want to thank Jennifer again for coming on the show. I think as we have with all of the guests for our recent bonus episodes, it's just really great to have people share their experiences at the parks. I think it's great to hear sort of factually what Disney is doing, but also just how people are feeling in terms of safety and value. I think there are some themes that are emerging, especially on the front of if this is your first trip to Disney, this probably isn't the time to go, which, you know, isn't all that surprising. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just appreciate folks coming on and sharing their experience. And I hope these episodes are helpful to folks out there as they, you know, decide or or think about whether they want to visit the parks and the resort right now. Certainly that's an individual decision. It's not uh, something we're endorsing one way or the other, uh, but we hope that the information in these bonus episodes is helpful for that. With that, I just want to say thanks for listening to this bonus episode this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. 
you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. We've had a lot of folks reach out over email, and that's where a lot of the guests for these bonus episodes are coming from. So, you know, do reach out if you're going to be at the parks. We'd love to have you on. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Those reviews are really helpful in making the podcast more visible. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed in the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll come back and listen again next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Stay safe, stay healthy. Good night. Oh,